Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for episode 21 of the Godfathers of Podcasting. We have got a very special and important socially aware episode in line for you this week. The state of the world is a bit of a mess and we are going to talk about it. But at the same time, we're going to try our best to also entertain and educate because that's what we do. My name is Donnie De Silva, and I am joined by the other godfathers of podcasting. They are savage. They are classy. They are bougie and ratchet, sassy, moody, nasty, notorious TID, Chris Tidwell, and your bro, Danny O. You're really taking wait, wait, the wait. thing serious, eh? Wait, which one am I? You're all you're all classy, bougie, ratchet. How, how can you be bougie? Wow. And, and how can you be classy and ratchet? How can you be classy and ratchet? Yeah, classy and ratchet is a clash, right? Do you mean rashy? Because maybe that's what you meant. Just tit, are you rashy? No, not today. Okay. It's all good. I get this. I get this special cream. But it's funny you mentioned that because <laughs> legit, you guys might like this. Might sound sound funny for a second, but when I tell you guys that like I legit have an infectious disease doctor on dial, like that's a real thing. Because like when yeah. when I when I fucked up my leg, when you right? almost died, really bad. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. and then I got like this this staph infection in my oh. leg that like it had me bound. Like all the all the antibiotics they tried, uh, um, uh, it didn't work. None of them. I was allergic and just horrible. Got to the point where I had to have like uh, a wear, wear a fanny pack with like the antibiotics in it and a tube that went into my arm 24 hours a day for two weeks straight. Oh, Nurse man. had to come every single day to switch it up and that, right? But ever since then, like because it started from a staph infection inside on my knee, right? Once you get a staph infection, you're prone to this stuff. So I have a cream for when I have a rash, legit. Because anytime I see the littlest kind of bump, a heat right. rash anything on my leg, I'm like, ah, slatting yeah. that shit on. Get it the fuck up out of here. Because <laughs> that's the last thing I need again, man. That was- how long ago, how long ago did you have that injury when you got that nasty uh, That's more than 10 uh, years now, right? April, April 19th, 2008, 2.30 yeah. in the afternoon. It was a sunny day. The wind was going from the southwest at about ter- 13 miles an hour. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you don't remember much vaguely yeah 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 right i thought you were dead i thought you were legit gonna die no there was not a chance in hell i was i was pissed i was pissed i was mad i had to help myself get on the stretcher um legit they said what a man girls they said these two girls these two girl paramedics that were like dan size and i laughed (laughs) when they got out i was like oh there's no way they were that small uh, well dude these were these were some petite females absolutely and, and, and even they were like, ooh, can you give us a hand here? I was like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you have someone and- in the chat room right now who's saying, but what happened, though? You want to quickly in 30 seconds explain what the injury was? Oh, super simple. Uh, 3,000 pounds worth of steel hit me in the chest and knocked me back and then came down on my leg right in my shin. Um, it basically ha- gave me a double compound fracture, my tibia and fibula, both sticking out the front of my shin. The front muscle that uh, men men have on the, on the front of their shin was completely fell out. My knee was like 90 degrees to the, to the left. It was my left leg. And my foot, I could see the bottom of my big toe. So picture that, people. <laughs> Yeah, that's Damn. how messed up my leg looked. When they grabbed it and stabilized it, it did like one of these like, boing, you know, that fucking cartoon type of thing where it just kind of flaps back and forth a little yeah. bit. Boom, stabilized it. They got it locked yeah. in. They gave me they gave me like the uh, the legal 
the legal amount of uh, drugs. Uh, not anymore. They gave me the legal amount of drugs they could to get me to the hospital, which wasn't enough, obviously. Look at uh, that. Yeah, because you're already uh, on the legal amount of drugs. <laughs> No, no, not at the time. It, that was the problem. Uh, had I known, had I known. Uh, I like yeah, how so, we... and, and, then, and then after that, so Dan, back to your question, I did have a yeah. rod that went from my knee down to my ankle uh, for like a year. And it was bugging me because I was already back to wrestling and stuff like that. And it turns out that they, that when they went to take it out, it was supposed to be like a 45 minute surgery and they ended up taking like four hours because the top part of it the reason that it was bugging me was because the rod itself was fusing to the bone and stuff in my knee so they take this thing out and then after that boop that's when i ended up with the staph infection right it's pretty it's funny that we times. got it's pretty funny that we got to this story just because i started out the show by calling you both ratchet <laughs> i never would have expected that the yeah. word slide would have gone that way but that all being said Welcome, everyone. This is what we do, and this is how we do it. Um, coming up on the show tonight, uh, we are going to be joined by a man who is uh, an absolute star in the hip-hop industry. Uh, his name is Wordsworth. Um, if you're not familiar with that name, you will be by the end of tonight's episode. And if you are, stick around because it's going to be a good one. Um, also tonight, we've got plenty of big stories that we need to talk about um, from the world at large uh, over the last few days in particular. Um, before we get to that very quickly, remember tonight's episode is brought to you by makegoodfood.ca. Go to makegoodfood.ca, use promo code GOP45 to get $45 off your first two orders. Um, so that there's all a, kinds of, sorry? That was a crazy segue, bro. <laughs> there are all kinds <laughs> of huge stories uh going on so let me rapid fire a couple of them yeah. before we talk about the the thing that's really on everyone's mind um first of all like the world hasn't been through enough in 2020 hurricane laura is expected to be a category three storm with winds of 111 miles per hour it's expected to make landfall sometime tomorrow night around the Texas-Louisiana border, and experts are already predicting property damages between $25 and $30 billion. Man. If you are anywhere in those areas of the United States of America, please get the fuck out, find shelter, find safety. Um, I know that we have a lot of fans down in Texas. Um, please get yourself to safety because uh, that, that shit is really scary with what's going on. Um, there was a huge protest that was held today in Louisville more than 160 days after Brianna Taylor was killed by a police officer um, in her in her home city the protest uh, was said to be good trouble uh, with the intention of reminding people that justice has not yet been served mm -hmm. this continues to be an ongoing story which has only been amplified yeah. by what has happened in the last 48 mm -hmm. hours or so um, and we are going to talk about that at length. But first, um, to yep. talk about this with us, we are going to welcome back to the show a regular contributor to the program. She is our in-house news anchor, as well as um, the moral compass of this freaking program. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, TV girl, Nicole. Cheers, everybody. Hey, Nicole. Right. Good. So hey. the story that's on everyone's mind, of Hang on. Course, okay, before we get into the serious stuff, can I ask you a question? 
Yeah, sure, 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 sure. What yeah. does ratchet mean? And why do you guys look like you're in like a nightmare on Elm Street video? All three of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, these late night um, episodes that we're doing, like we're starting at 9 p.m. Eastern. So, you know, everything's a little it's a little spooky and now, you know. Also, it's 2020. Have you not seen what's going on? Like <laughs> this is this is. Yeah, it's this living is living in a nightmare. Now, <laughs> now is... ratchet in one line. What does that mean? Crazy ghetto. Um, you know, idiot. it means ratchet. <laughs> you know, you you have to be really, really, really ghetto, basically. Well, listening to you guys, I always develop my vocabulary. Chloe, Chloe has come to do it. It's sorry, <laughs> sorry, Nicole. Yeah, um, I wanted I wanted to join you guys tonight because we all know, you know, I I just I wanted to be part of this conversation with you guys about um, Jacob Blake. Um, I'm pretty sure Donnie was going to set it up, but I just, you know, working in the news, as you guys know, I'm surrounded, you know, today I started work at five in the morning and I've probably seen the video that has been seen over 9 million times around the world of Jacob being shot. Uh And, you know, it's, um, you know, the latest in this particular situation, you know, I've, you know, I've heard a lot of people, you know, say, thank God he's alive, you know, but I, I just read an update to his condition and I just want everybody to know he may be alive, everyone, but the fact that he had seven bullet holes in his body to his arm, to his liver, to his stomach, and now to his spine, which he may never walk again. The family is saying he'll be very lucky to ever walk again. So even if he survives this, this he will live with trauma, physical, emotional trauma for the rest of his life because he survived being shot in the back by a cop. Right. I think everybody really needs to let that sink in. Like survival, he survived, he's fighting for his life when he should, he should have never have had to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as if it wasn't obvious to the team here and everyone watching, I'm in no mood today. Um, there's part of me that wants nothing to do with talking and joking around. And we've been in this position before more than one occasion uh, here on the Godfathers of Podcasting. And then there's a part of me that wants to do this because, A, um, you're the guys who actually put, you know, you make me laugh each week. But also, this is also... Um, an opportunity for us. So this is our platform to do with as we choose. And I'm glad that we have used this platform to discuss issues like this. Admittedly, um, we've taken our, our foot off the pedal a little bit, and I'm partly guilty for that because as uh, we've said more than once, um, we are trying to bring smiles to people's faces and not just, right. you know, this ain't just about us just having a good time as um, brothers and sister here but you know um ideally as we as we just discussed 2020 needs more smiles and um it's days like this where it's very uh difficult to do that um i want to touch on 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 something you said nicole and express how i'm feeling about this because you being involved in the news media you're inundated with bad news regularly it's literally your job to continue to hear and then disseminate bad news and i can't even imagine what that's like i mean i studied this shit in school as a media major the one thing that i learned in my studies is how much i didn't want to be part of the media because in part of the many um you know horrific stories you you must encounter and disseminate to the rest of the world on a daily basis today a lot has changed 
from when I was in school studying this. Today we get our news from social media. We get it from people's smartphones who just happen to be in that place at that particular time to be able to record things like George Floyd's murder. And in this case, now Jacob Blake's attempted murder. And it's nothing short of that. It is attempted murder. There's so many different things I want to say and so many different feelings that I have. But I think the one that I'm going to use this time that I have to discuss is my and our approach to these things as a society and how much I feel drained and exhausted and depleted today with the rest of, not the rest, most, not most, but many members of the human race. Because there's so many different things that happen in this world. COVID-19 is one of them, and we've discussed that on this show. That you would assume, or at the very least hope, that maybe we as the human species could kind of agree that there's a particular way to look at this thing, because maybe we're all uh, equipped with a sense of decency, or a sense of humanity, or a sense of mm. compassion. And <laughs> today because i realized that you know what it's not true just because you're an actual human being doesn't mean you actually have any humanity decency or compassion in you because on the show i've actually made the claim and i was called out on it by the boys that i'm no longer going to facebook argue and today was one of those days where i fell back into the hole and couldn't help it anymore because some of the comments and points of view that are out there by people who otherwise are involved in hip-hop or somehow uh, my friend in, in other facets. So maybe if I'm discussing the Jays or Raptors, it's all good, <laughs> you know, or, or music or what have you. But you come to find out that somehow when a man is shot in the back at point-blank range seven times, they still manage to find excuses and ridiculous-ass rhetoric, drawing at straws to come up with some kind of way to justify this happening. And it never, and I mean never, and, and please, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I've never seen this rhetoric or this dialogue take place when someone white is murdered. Like, I saw Daniel Shaver's video where that cop blasted him away. And for those who don't know, if you Google Daniel Shaver, it's a white guy who... Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's one of the most horrifying videos of all time. This insane ramble wannabe cop blew him away and intimidated him in the midst of doing it. And I thought, this is one of the most disgusting and horrible abuses of, of authority and police brutality I've ever seen. Didn't matter that the victim was white. But I'll tell you one thing that definitely did not cross my mind at all. One thing that didn't even come close to crossing my mind was... Well, I wonder what Daniel Schaefer's past was. I wonder what his criminal history might be. What was it? I wonder, I wonder what he may have been doing at the time mm -hmm. that may have predicated this thing. And I know what he was doing, by the way. He, they, he was called because the uh, police were called because they said there was a guy in the window holding a gun, which is a whole other story. Okay. But the point that I want to make here is it wasn't a white or black issue by way of me being disgusted my humanity my sense of seeing somebody have his life taken away from him unjustly made me immediately feel compassion for the victim 
because mm -hmm. I knew the circumstance that I was watching didn't call for what took place. This is the exact same different scenario, but same situation when it comes to your humanity. How could you possibly watch Jacob Blake walk to the driver's side of his vehicle, open the door, and then have this cop actually holding his shirt as he blasts him seven times? Not once, not twice, not in the leg. Not. I mean, I can't imagine the number. Uh, I could spend all night coming up with ways that this could have gone differently. And I don't care. All this talk I'm hearing about, he did this, he may have done that. Well, you never know. The cop wasn't sure about this. He was shot in the back. So in here's, back. let me, let me seven, jump in. Hold on. I'm not done seven times. <laughs> and there are people trying to convince me, like you don't know me well enough yet to come on my Facebook page and say you things like it was justifiable, justifiable force. They didn't know this. They weren't sure of that. They were just doing their job. If he had only done this, if he only, if he had only done that, there isn't a scenario yet where I've seen that a black man can cooperate, be civil, be non-threatening, be unarmed, and still escape with his life. Because to Nicole's point, even if he survives by way of being alive, his life is over as he once knew it. He will never be the same. Nor will his family or the people of, of his community. And we have to continue to listen to people say it was justifiable. If you're one of those people, you do not have compassion, decency, or belong as part of the human race as far as I'm concerned. Because you can watch that and feel like there's excuses to be made for that cop. No. You don't belong on the same planet as me. So here's the thing. Um and that's well said, Dan. And I understand how passionate you are and you're speaking on behalf of all of us right now. And I'm sure many of our listeners right now. But here's the thing that to me is the overarching story. It was predominant in the George Floyd story. It has been predominant in the Breonna Taylor story. It has been predominant in so many other stories of this type. And it is happening right now. All of this excuse making, as you talked about it, all of this um, narrative positioning is the representation of systemic racism. Absolutely. That's 100% what it is. Um, and, and people may look at it and go, I'm not racist. What do you mean? Like the guy didn't listen to orders he ignored yeah. the police officer's orders and he went to his car to grab something okay so let's flippity flip that script if i see someone walking towards their car and reaching in to grab something and i don't know what it is and i pull out a weapon and i kill them i'm getting arrested immediately i'm going to jail immediately and this idea that you're a civilian, right? But police officers should not be held to a different standard. The law is the I law. Agree. And that's where my issue is when it comes to police officers feeling like they are above the law. So that is what I cannot tolerate. I don't care. Yep. To me, that is, um, that supersedes the race issue because the race issue is right. magnified by the belief 
that police officers are above the law. When I say a man goes out and kills another man and he gets a life sentence, that's not long enough for a paid servant who is supposed to be a peacekeeper going out and killing another man. Right. But, but that's been the common problem that we've talked about before with, with U.S. cops, with Canadian cops. There is a real issue of de-escalation training. Uh-huh. De-escalation right. is actually a word where yes. cops de-escalate a situation to prevent it from going fatal. Right. In right. this case, you can say, say the tasering or whatever was an attempt to de-escalate. Sure. The sure. fact that, that Blake turned his back Mm-hmm. And now it's his back facing. He didn't, he wasn't, even if he was reaching for something, let, let's again, think of that as a, as a, uh, whatever excuse, say he was reaching for something. They sure. still had his back. You, one would even argue that they still had control of him by pulling his shirt back. They could have yanked his shirt and pulled his arm back from whatever he may have been grabbing, but for them to have fired seven on his back, again, mm-hmm. shows this lack of training and de-escalation. Yeah. And it just doesn't happen anymore. You see, you've seen it in, uh, for those who, who don't know the GTA very well, you've seen it in Peel region, Toronto here, where cops go into mentally ill situations or somebody's running away and they pull up the gun. Right. Right. It's the fact that, that you know, I, I can't, I don't know what the cops were thinking. Obviously, I've been in enough cases here in Toronto, enough police involved shootings. I've heard it all. I've heard every defense. Yeah. I've heard every excuse. The, the reality still is that there is not enough de-escalation training, proper de-escalation training for these cops. Or here's the reality. they're just plain not listening to their training. Go ahead, well, Ted. No, here's the reality of what you've been told, Nicole. At the end of the day, the police force that's out there does recruiting. The people that they recruit is very much like the military. So they're going after young, impressionable people to become police officers. Okay. Stay with me here, guys. In doing so, we have to remember one thing. These are 20 to 28, maybe 30 year old children still at this point. I'm not making an excuse. I'm painting a picture right now. And it goes to what everybody has been saying here right now, individually. When you have humans at that age, we all remember what it was like when we were that age. Now put yourself into a scenario, right? Where it's life or death on either way. Do you think that these people, these humans have been properly trained to be able to handle that scenario? I do not. I, for one, think that that is exactly what needs to happen is there needs to be more training because I, for one, that's a Nicole thing right there. I agree there needs to be more training to because in more training, we can get rid of a lot of the bullshit that's continuously happening to Dan's point. Because you can't, there has to be some way to start this. And the only way you're going to start this is by one of two things. You're either going to try to get rid of the entire police force, which is not necessarily the best idea because you cannot have lawlessness running around the streets because then you're going to have a civil war for sure. 100%. So they have to be there. So 
the funds that they're getting are not going to the right places. I don't need to see right. RoboCop 5000 oh, at every fucking event. What I need to see is cops that know how to do their jobs properly. And by properly, I mean they've gone through tr proper training. If you're in that situation and you're that lead cop, now you've just tased this guy and he gets up from it. So you know for a fact he's pissed. He is mad. He's like, these motherfuckers just tased me. Uh -huh. Right. And he starts walking around to his car as the lead guy on this. You need to hand that off to another guy because you, the cop who has just done this, you're going now it's an ego thing because you're a 25, 26, 34 year old kid still. And it's an ego thing. This motherfucker isn't going to tell me because I'm the fucking law. Well, this guy's that right? cop's also the agitator too, though, right? Exactly. He, he, That's exactly it. He's the, the agitator of this. Yes, one hundred percent. You need to step away. That reason as part of de-escalation training is you have to pull yourself back from yeah. that, and somebody, one of your cohorts, has to come in and be able to try to defuse it from that yep. point. That's now, part Ted, of legit training, and these guys you, are fucking doing it. You made a great point about the way that money is being distributed within the police force. And here's the thing. When a lot of people, especially, and I don't want to pick on anyone, but look, there's a narrative out there. But when right. a lot of the people on the extreme right side of things here defund the police, they think we're literally talking about making the police go away. Yeah. And that's not really what it's about. It's about the redistribution, reorganization, and rethinking of the money that the people are putting forth to these people. So here's one thing I want to point out. The Kenosha Police Department. They are Corrupt. slated... Now, hold on. I've seen a thousand comments on social media in the last 24 hours saying, well, we have to wait to see the body cam footage. You're not going to see any because there isn't any. Do you know why? Because body cams in the Kenosha Police Department are slated for purchase in 2022. Okay. Now, I want to, I want to, um, I want to just frame this in a different way. They reportedly, the police officers, tased jacob blake they had tasers put this in perspective kenosha is a city of just over a hundred thousand people where we are in the greater toronto area the gta has well over five million people the cops that walk the beat that drive the beat do not carry tasers because they're cost prohibitive different country Different country oh, all together. Listen, like, but I don't saying, care. I'm talking there, no, about no. distribution of cash. That There's goes plenty to of the other police. states you could make that same exact comparison to sure. down there. Okay, fine. But my point is, if you don't see within your department that a body cam right. is more important than but, another an, another. Uh, 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 for every cop to have another way of taking a guy down, and then they use the taser apparently improperly and then pull out a gun anyway at point blank range okay but let's let's be clear though even if the the police officers were wearing body cameras okay mm -hmm. there's no guarantee that would make it to the public masai ujiri is a perfect example yeah. of how, how long, long that, that body right. camera was yep. was hidden away yeah. from the public eye it took masai's sorry masai ujiri everybody is the raptors uh, president 
uh, here in Toronto. And that was very tame in comparison. It was. It was tame. But a good. But again, they needed 100%. to protect their their white police officer. They're Always. still protecting that cop, even yeah. though the body camera shows he was in yeah. the wrong. But it right. took Masai's legal team to get that body cam footage out. So yeah. there's no guarantee that even if they were wearing body cameras, that it would actually exactly. have made it to the public eye. And I want to stress this point, and I don't want to, to lose it in all of this, because the points that you guys are making about training and appropriate de-escalation and all of this are absolutely true, no question. But let's not um, forget yeah. what is at the core of the problem as far as our community is concerned. There is a fear and hatred of blackness, okay? That doesn't happen to Masai Ujiri. If he's not black, the, the body cam footage, we've been seeing footage now. If anything, this era has taught us is that footage still doesn't doesn't create uh, uh, guilty verdicts. Footage still doesn't convince the true heart racist that there was an unjust killing. When your skin is dark and the perpetrator is white, there's always got to be something else to it. They're telling us that what we see isn't what we saw. And that is what's really rubbing the salt and alcohol into the wounds as a person of color, is that I'm not just told that it's, it, it's justifiable. I'm told that what I see isn't what I saw. I don't know what's worse. The fact that you're racist or you think that I'm so stupid that I will buy that I didn't see what I just saw. Like well, you said, Nicole, from Masai sure. Jerry's situation, sure. which was nothing but a couple of shoves, was still disgusting, was still unjust, was still wrong, it's still worthy of a lawsuit, right on down to murder in front of our eyes. And we're still being told that it wasn't what we saw with our right. own two eyes. The and narrative I, I, is I always... remember a time in my life where I felt, felt so insulted, felt so crushed as a human, and felt like my worth as a human being on this earth was so small by comparison of these sick, insane nut jobs who continually to be murderer apologists every time the victim is black. And you know, that's why... I haven't been able to join you guys the past few weeks is because I'm exhausted for every reason you just said. Oh, people God. telling me that I'm seeing indigenous issues the wrong way. If I post something about yeah. uh, Jacob Blake or, you know, a person of color, I'm like, oh, Nicole, you know, you should really look at it this way or you're biased to this. I'm so tired of oh, having man. to defend just like you, Dan. I, I saw you. I saw you going today on your Facebook. And, you know, it's, it's hard not to get involved in those situations, yeah. but you know, the mental health right now of a lot of people, like I have a lot of black colleagues at work and there's one man in particular who keeps posting today. He's like, the color of my skin will never make me an unarmed black man. And, you know, yeah. that one really touched me. I'm very close to this person. And, you know, he, he describes, you know, walking down the street, people crossing the road, all of these things you know, just to get away from him. But but that one stuck with me today when he said, yeah. I'll never be an unarmed black man because I'm black. Yeah. So I have I have a question and a challenge, if you will, to every listener out there. Find me an actual cop 
in the United States who's willing to come on, not get that. ganged up, not to get ganged up on, but I just have one simple question to ask because they have to take a lot of tests. They have to take firearms tests. They have to take safety tests. They have to learn how to do CPR. They have to take psychological tests, right? This is a thing that they have to do. Are there anybody out there? Is there anybody out there? Hello, stupid. Who's going to come on here and answer the question, which is this. Do you take a racism test? Is there a racism test inside of your police force? And if so, I'd like to hear these fucking questions. Yeah. So I can clearly because clearly it's not effective. So I can tell you again, and we've talked about this on this show before, all of these kinds of standards are going to vary from not just state to state, province to province, but even each little county County. in each little state. Yes. So I'll watch the Dukes of Hazzard. What happens in Hazzard County isn't the same that happens in whatever fucking next door county was. I don't think Hazzard County ever, I don't think Hazzard County ever had a That was always the race. That was always the race. And every old movie that you would see too is you had to make it to the county line. You had to make it to the county line because the law in that county was different. Right. You know what I mean? That's how fucked up it is. I happen to know someone and I'm not going to say his name because- He actually watches this show a lot, but I happen to know someone who lives in Canada who took a test to become a police officer a few years ago and failed multiple times on the, on the psychological. And the reason he failed, he found out afterwards was because there were things in his answers that denoted tones of racism. Wow. Um, In terms of how he would handle certain situations and whatever else. And he said, I wasn't being racist. I was trying to give the answers that I thought they were looking for based on what they had been telling me on all my ride alongs and all my training and everything else. Right. What was the follow-up to, to their answer to their, or to their reasoning behind, you know what I mean? This is, well, they wrong don't give they, because they didn't. Yeah. That's the problem. They didn't yeah, give they that coach. There needs to be, it's, there needs to right. be coaching because that's training. He could right. be a perfectly good human. And because of that, you're thinking, he doesn't think he's a racist, right? And, 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 but they need to train everybody, not just, nope, that's that. And you're out of here. Yo, man, the world needs training. There's a lot right. of people who need some training because so, if you have ever used this sentence. I'm not racist, but, and then follow that up with some racist shit. The, the beginning of your sentence doesn't work. And there are so many now, of y'all out there. Hold on. I do have a racist butt, though. But before, you, but before you get to that, let me just say. It only um, shit white. We have, a, we, have a, we have a I'm listener. Black. We have a listener who's listening live in our chat room right now who just posted a link, if anyone's interested, to cbsnews.com on okay. racial bias training, de-escalation training policies in America. Um, Thank you. So for anyone, he, he wrote, if anyone's right. interested in Tid's question. So um, go to facebook.com slash groups slash the godfathers of podcasting and uh, check it out if you're interested in that link. But I agree. <laughs> we should actually endeavor yeah. to get a, from cop a cop on this damn show and, listen, and, and ask listen. the tough questions. And this is what we need from cops. This is what we need. You, We need this from cops. We need cops saying, yo, that cop was wrong. 
I wasn't trained that way. That's not the job of a police officer to do. We are not to take someone who has our back to us and shoot him at point blank range seven times. This doesn't happen. It's supposed to happen, and we condemn it. Because what you have is this spill down of hatred that you can't, that people can't help towards the police department. And I'm sure there's many cops right. out there who don't deserve the hatred, don't deserve nope. the bad rap that nope. these so-called bad apples are giving them. But if you aren't voicing your opinion, if you aren't voicing your feelings towards other cops giving you a bad name, it makes you just as bad because you're complicit. You sit there and defend because you have a badge on, making it seem like you're part of this evil fraternity, and there's no way to crack through it and find any good. If you want people to trust you, we can't, our people don't even feel comfortable. Black people don't feel comfortable calling the cops. Because when black Not people just. call the cops, it's usually them who get accosted. We saw that happen with children. Nicole, with you're in the news. I know you saw this. What was it? A couple of weeks ago that these children had the cops have guns pointed at them. They had nothing to do with what the call to the police was about, but they still had to experience guns drawn on their black skin. Yep. Wordsworth, who will be on our show later today, referred to black skin as a bullseye on the song Born to Be We Did Together. That speaks to the thing that you were saying, Nicole. It is scary. It is it is horrifying to know that your ethnicity alone feels like you already have uh, committed a crime. Indigenous people don't call the cops. Let's be clear. I, I don't blame you. don't call the cops. And to... You know, the cops were called to the Jacob Blake shooting because he was trying to break up a domestic dispute. He was trying to break. They were between two women. They weren't even even called there for him. You know what those girls were, Nicole? What? Ratchet. Yeah. (laughs) Can I just 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 add one thing? Because I know you guys are going to be calling in your, your other partner in a second. I wanted to end on a kind of a happier note. Because I just, I think these kids deserve some attention. Have you guys seen um, Twins the Now? These are these two black kids on YouTube. And they do. Oh, they do the the reviews of the. They do music reviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like those kids. And they have just been skyrocketed skyrocketed into like famedom because of their beautiful reactions to like Phil Collins in the air tonight. They like everything. Yeah, and Annie Lennox. But but if you look at the in the air tonight, Phil Collins one, you know, seeing their minds blown. Yeah. Listening to 80s music and just it's it's a it's about more than that. It's yes, they do music reviews, but these are an example of kids who are who are doing it all right. Yeah. You know, they're they're having a lot of fun with each other. And that was that was one of the points brought up in one of in the music review with the Phil Collins thing. It's it's just so awesome to see these kids, you know, doing it, doing it all right. You know, they're getting the attention where it deserves. And it just made me feel really happy to see them getting a little bit more attention from celebrities and things. Right. Because they're just having a lot of fun. And I wanted to bring them up tonight because I always I've been watching them a lot lately when I need a good laugh. Just because yeah. their facial expressions just just kill me, but I, I go down the rabbit hole with those kids a lot. Yes. I watch them. Uh, I watch them review Boy George. Yes, yes. Oh, wow. their, their first time seeing Boy George. Wow. Yeah. Yo, Dan, you should send him some of your old ass shit. <laughs> right. Get them to review. <laughs> Yo. But I actually just... wanted to do some, some of those some review your, videos with Dan. Some of your some of your EC stuff. 
I just think kids like that. Right? Because kids they're, they're... like them deserve like credit and just yes. you know, it's a beautiful thing when they're they're just trying to yeah. make other people smile and make yeah. other people happy. And when well, you hear them, you know, hear the drum solo when Phil Collins comes in and he, yeah. just again, they're like it's... blown away by this sound, right? So anyway, I thought as it was long awesome. as as long as they don't grow up to be the Hodge twins, we all good. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Since we're on the topic of twins with talent, real quick, I want to shout out. Do you guys know about Amira and Kayla? Look up DJs Amira and Kayla. These two young oh. girls, I believe they're now 14, and they're two of the illest DJs alive. That's they amazing. can juggle, they can cut, they can mix. They're, they're just these wonderful little girls who are amazing. DJs Amira and Kayla. I've been fans of them on Instagram for a while. So since we're talking about children doing yeah. great things, bringing smiles to the world, doing positive things and showing us that yes, this world isn't always doom and gloom. So shouts to them as well. Yeah. Thanks, Nicole. Much, uh, much appreciated and great Thanks, way guys. to go out. Thank you. Thanks, That's Nicole. Nicole, the TV girl. She's our She's our uh, in-house girl. news anchor, and she is the social conscience of this damn program. Yeah, she is. Well, now that that's out of here, whoa, fuck <laughs> you guys, right? Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> now that Nicole's gone, everybody can fart, and we're uh, going to bring in- Pants off. We're going to bring uh. in our feature guest of the evening. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, pants this is uh, we are very excited about this, so let me do the introduction the way that we do around here. <laughs> This man is no stranger to real hip hop heads. In addition to releasing his critically acclaimed album, Mirror Music, and three other albums with his crew, you've heard this man's unmistakable cadence on albums alongside hip hop royalty like Taleb Kweli, Most Def, A Tribe Called Quest, and others. He's also featured on multiple tracks with our own Danny O, including Baby Girl, Devil in a White Dress, Family Stays, and Born to Be. And in addition to his work as a performer, this man has also co-created, starred in, co-wrote, and produced MTV's <laughs> groundbreaking sketch comedy series the lyricist lounge show and his voice can be heard right now in the animated netflix show mr pot mr peabody and sherman hollywood feels him too because his tunes have been heard in the spongebob movie dexter's laboratory heroes and various video games including my all-time favorite saints row and if that wasn't enough he put out a book recently he that he wrote yes he an author and he even released a children's hip-hop uh, album produced by another legend the great prince paul his work with youths doesn't end there though because he also teaches television production and reading to middle school school students and has developed curriculum that teaches songwriting to aspiring writers his fans know he's known for his freestyle prowess so from Brooklyn, New York, you know that's on earth. He's been spitting that fire since the day of his birth. His lyrics belong at the museum in Perth. And when I rhyme just one word, it brings Dan great mirth. And like our guest, and like our guest, I spit bars without dearth. Give it up Jesus just now for Christ. the one and only Wordsworth. Wordsworth. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Yo. Yo. What's up, man? What's going on, man? We got to see you. You got to turn your video on. All right, there you go, bro. Yo. (laughs) Yo, that might be the intro. Hey, just so you know, that was Donnie trying to start a battle with you, bro. So, man, you got intro. That intro was was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I I was like, is that me, really? He talking about me? 
I think I had I think I had one too many beers because normally I don't trip on my words along the way. I'm 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 very apologetic nah, for that. I appreciate it, man. That was a um like wow, wow, you know what I'm saying? Because I <laughs> made you realize it's like I you do stuff, so I don't really think about it. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. It's an interesting thing, right? When when you hear a lot of your career highlights kind of streamed out like that, mm-hmm. stream of consciousness, one one after another, it is a little bit overwhelming, right? It is a little bit humbling because, um, you know, like I said it, off the top, to real hip-hop heads, you are someone that they are very, very familiar with. Um, maybe to some people that aren't into hip-hop, they may not know your name as well. Right framing it all out there it's like man this guy has put his thumbprint on the planet yeah thank you man um it is definitely part of always wanting to grow that's what i what i kind of put it towards and just like um learning other ways to do hip-hop you know or and then also not only wanted to be a rapper but more so wanted i respect the title of writer more so than rapper Right, because right. that way, that way, I can get hired for anything. Like you could hire me to pretty much write anything, mm-hmm. and I can do it. I could write a pop song, I could write a rock, write whatever it is. If you just hire me to do it, I can get it done. So that's kind of like what I what I say I enjoy about being um, a writer, and who I am is the fact that you can give me any task and hire me and I'm going to get it done. You know, I mean, I can't, I can't relate because as you noticed, I don't write, I go off the top of the dome. But stumbles that. Go ahead, Tid. I was going to say, all right, here's, here's the mission. It's eighties teenage love story musical. Go. <laughs> I know. Right. Oh, fuck this man. guy. Right. I can see it on his face right now. Nah. This uh, fuck nah. you. He you says, <laughs> Uh, you know, you, you know, have, like some you know? some sixteens candles shit or something. Yeah, I would, I would <laughs> yo, for real. I would research. See, that's the thing, right? I I would research. I would do all that. I would look at like Greece. I would look at a lot of things. I wouldn't even just look at that. I would look at Greece. That would be probably the first thing I would start with is Greece. Okay, so 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 then what? The question is, what's been the biggest challenge, like in the writing stuff, like because you obviously have like you 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 like I could do this in my sleep, but what was that one thing that you you were like, shit, this is going to be a challenge to me, right? Like, what was that one thing for you? I, I honestly, I would say I didn't have that because I have okay. this vibe of what you probably have too, and we all have is once you accept the job, you're in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I go with it with that, with anything. So if I get a call tomorrow to write whatever, I'm just like, all right, cool. And then I just go with it because I don't think I would get called upon to do it if no, if I can't do it already, right? So I don't really go into it kind of like, like, oh man, this is going to be crazy. I always go into it just like, okay, um, what do I need to do to get it done? So I don't have a... Um, a ego to assume that I know it all to get it done. So I think that's another big thing about me is I'll do the research. I'll go watch the videos. Like right. you said, 16 candles. I'm going to go watch all of that stuff. You know right. what I'm saying? Um, Cause a lot of eighties things I recall, you know, weird science and all these other things yeah. from back then I would watch all of that and then understand the cadences and things like that. So, the research is the biggest part for me with everything. 
you know? So when I get hired for something, I'm not just going to be like egotistical and be like, oh, let me go write it. I go, I got to watch this. I got to absorb it. I got to listen to, you know, 80s, we dealing with synthesizers, you know what I'm saying? So now I know that I may need to get something with synthesizers. I know it's a lot of, it's a lot of echo and things like that. So it's just really research, man. At the end of the day, everything is research. Your words, how much research do you tend to do uh, for your own rhyme writing? Because I feel like as an MC, you have to be worldly. We use references galore. So whether it's pop culture, literature, current events and all that stuff. Have you ever been writing a rhyme, especially something that you had a specific, like a specific project that you're working on that you said, before I, I throw down these bars, let me go look this up. Yeah, all the time. <clears throat> That's all the time. Because... Yeah. Um, if I know I'm going to talk about like a law, I right. can't, you know, I got to make sure that I know the law. If I'm going to mention somebody in a, in a rhyme, I got to make sure I know the background of yeah. that person. Um, I don't, I don't often mention people in my rhymes like right. that, like as far as public figures and stuff like that. Um, I definitely do research based on um, your words. I think you got to make sure your Wi-Fi is strong. I'm stating more so a fact. 23,000 people got in. You hear me? Hear me now? A little bit. Your signal's signals cutting in and out on us. It's a Daniel curse again, man. I don't know if he just he's, he's when I when I talked to words online a few weeks back when we were putting out our single together, I told him about the Daniel curse right off the top of the discussion. And he was like, nah, nah, don't worry about it. And sure enough, I had cursed him to the point where he had to log back into the conversation four times. So sorry, everybody in the GOP universe. That's probably the Daniel curse at work. I'll tell you this about yeah, I'm going to agree. I'm going to agree. Yeah, I'm going to say it's, it's all just, his fault. Like, it's fuck just this guy, right? Yeah. Is it better now? How's oh, it now? Gotcha. we see you. Sorry about the curse again, man. Now nah, we good? Are we good now? Seems like it. Well, we Is hear you. Now? Yeah, you're back. So let's hope we you good? stay. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I was I was saying I think I was talking about like research and stuff like that with rhymes yeah. and my own stuff. With my own stuff, that's what I, I typically would do. Depending on my own stuff, so it depends what I'm talking about. I'm going to yeah. research, yeah. but I, I definitely don't throw out numbers. I'm not throwing out any numbers and, say, okay. and saying it's a fact. You know, I got to like research. Yo, man, I got to ask you, bro, especially given the current state of the world, which I need to get into in a minute, but the current state of the world, <laughs> yeah. you a lyricist. I know you smile. I know why you're smiling, too. We'll get you to that. You know why I'm smiling. You know why I'm smiling. <laughs> you know why I'm smiling. Okay, so let's, let's get into that, then. Let's get into that. Screw the question. I'll ask that later. Earlier on the podcast, um, we were all expressing uh, our dismay and our, and our um, you know, anger and the issues uh, going on, you know, with respect to everything that's been happening, with respect to the social injustice situation. You know what's up. Yeah. Obviously, the most recent shooting, the Jacob Blake shooting in Wisconsin. Um, I said on the show more than once, and even to you, you know, I'm going to retire from Facebook arguing, man. Like, I just can't. Yeah. And today I, I, I broke my own, uh, you know, claim. And it's just tough for me. And you and I have discussed off air the ways in which I express myself. 
please give the world your take on how, first of all, how you feel, how you're feeling right now. And I know you're down in Florida, um, but also how you approach others who may disagree with you. That is one of the biggest issues that I'm having. How does Wordsworth handle it, man? Because, again, I think um, I need a little bit of uh, a help with this. <laughs> um, my, my thing is examples. I'm, I'm always looking at examples. You know, I'm heated with the current situations. Of course, George Floyd. I, I actually had wrote my book and then I updated it with the whole George Floyd thing in there. So I, I even wrote about that in there. Um, and then the, the recent thing with Jacob Blake, of course, it's upsetting. Um, a lot of it really for me is being real strategic with, I think you have to um, put yourselves in positions to make these changes and figure out what's your best route of getting in those positions to make these changes. Sometimes you know, being real boisterous may work for you. That's yeah. not necessarily my, my mission with it. That's not my style. My yeah. style is more so, um, you know, climbing the ladder wherever I'm at with it and being able to expose people to the culture in which they can understand it from my point of view. So I'm, I'm always looking at how can I excel myself wherever I am so that way when something arises, I can explain why it feels that way. And people are very receptive to that way. So, you know, I tell, I said, I think me, so I just said, everybody has to use their power, man. Like we all got superpowers. My, my power is writing these rhymes, writing the book, being able to get to where I need to get to, talk to people. I invited people on Facebook that if they, if they were, if they were, you know, white people, whatever your race, and you didn't understand what was going on, I invited people to call me and I got phone calls. Right. I got phone calls from coworkers. And I even had another friend that was white. And she was like, I'm glad you put that post up because some people may assume they know what to do, but not, but you gotta, I, I feel like I need to reach out and, and, and go that route with it, you know? And then at the end of the day, I believe my work, that I'm doing will help, you know? So, but that's just my approach. My approach is different from everybody's approach and I don't expect have your you, approach to be mine, you know? Have you found, have you found any closet cases like this whole time that all of a sudden when all of this happens and stuff like that, and you're like scrolling through your shit and you're like, huh, I would not have pegged that person right. to have that view. Oh. This motherfucker right I, I, here, I wrote, right? I wrote about that. I wrote about that in the book okay. too. So, so for instance, I had to text a friend. I take a screenshot of what they posted, and right. I texted him and I said, "This part I like. This part I don't." And I said he basically was saying like how the George Floyd situation was all wrong, but then the next post in there he had left wing liberals. It was attached to the same thing, and I'm like. Okay. Uh -huh. So I said, I said, this is all good, but then you can't come with this because then it's very divisive. So right. we went back and forth texting and I let them know. I said, you know, you, you know what? We got to stay on message. If you, if you all down for this message, you can't be afraid to stick with that message based on you don't want your friends to think you're dipping on them to be right with them because uh -huh. this is not an issue of pleasing your friends. This is an issue of morality right. and what's right. That's so right. um so I had to go in on him about that and 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 yeah. he he understood it when I broke it down you know he even shared to me through the text like I had him in tears because it's a struggle mm. for him because the way he he kind of he's raised some people are just raised in a certain way that I understand right 
I'm raised a certain way too. So I don't try to change how you're raised. I try to give you proof of why you may need to think differently because there's proof on why that's the reason why I am how I am. Honestly, I know why I am. I am because I grew up very diverse. Like, you know what I'm saying? I've had all types of friends, every culture. Yeah. So my outlook is different. A lot of people haven't had those experiences. I've had um, instance when a coworker didn't was like, man, I never knew, uh, you know, I, I had a different outlook on black people before I started working with you. I've had that happen. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Because mm-hmm. they, they told, but you know, I, I really loved that because he kept it real with me and was like, um, I grew up different. I grew up thinking this and that. So it's upbringing. So my thing is, if you put the examples there, it's pretty much can't be denied. And I talk about that in the book. So in the book, just for those that haven't haven't gotten whatever case, I say you can't be for teachers. I said this is for teachers. You get cut there we're losing you words yeah. your signal's Yo, breaking down on us you um, gotta stop going under a tunnel <laughs> um i was gonna say not be talking to the kids in class well that's solid that's solid advice yeah. that is solid advice though you can't you can't be talking to the kids in class that's what Don't i'm talking to anybody no um, like take full blame for the technical difficulties sorry everybody Words, words made a great point about um, growing yeah, up with diversity. Second, to, yeah. And I'm just stalling until his oh, internet connection yeah, catches up. Yeah, 100%. But he made a great point about... Is it just slow for you guys? Are no, you- it's messed up. Uh, okay. It's messed up. I, I thought, okay. <laughs> this, is, no. this is a weird remix. It's amazing. <laughs> The record has been it's words become this social enemies. This needs a beatbox. Yo, he's rip he's ribbing all of us right now. You know that, right? And is this is one of the challenges. He just wrote like a 60s acid tune, and we didn't even realize it. <laughs> Uh, I think we're losing Wordsworth. We're going to endeavor to get him back in. Um, he made he made a comment about yeah. um, you know the diversity, and I can tell you, I mean, for me personally, I grew up with a lot of that diversity, which affects no, no. my my way of right. thinking. Yeah. I know Dan, you and I have had conversations off air, not necessarily about race perspective, but all kinds of different things. And my my um, yeah, my way of thinking has always been what Wordsworth was alluding to. Mm-hmm. An individual's frame of reference is yeah. very difficult to change. Dan, you're extremely passionate when it comes to guns, right? You're like, ban them all. Yeah. And I say, okay, but I also grew up with American relatives who have had handguns since they were 12 years old. And that's for just what? a way of life for them. Right. For what? For collecting, for going to ranges, Gay. for hunting, for whatever the hell they do. Who no, knows? You don't hunt with it. You don't hunt with a handgun. You know what I mean. But no, the point no, is, but I'm, that's what I'm. A, that's what. I, that's exactly what I'm asking. This is always the argument with right. guns and everything like that. What do you need a handgun for? What's it's a handgun used about, for? What do you need anything for? Right? It's all about. Well, there are there no there are weapons it? for hunting. I understand, but my point is, frame of reference is everything. That's so when I your frame said. when your frame of reference is, I am used to this. 
It's right. very difficult to go outside of that. So I 100% yeah. concur with what Wordsworth was just saying. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's a challenge. It's very difficult. And Wordsworth joins us again. Yeah, I'm, we only, back. I'm back. Thanks for joining us again. We only have There's about two minutes left. Um, Wordsworth, your, your points were very well stated, well taken. Um, you referenced the book a couple times. Where can the listeners yeah. go pick up a copy of your book? Um, it's on Amazon right now. You can get a digital and the paperback version of Amazon. Uh, it's called What Words Are Worth, Volume 1. And then the audio book should be coming out probably next two weeks or so. So it's waiting to get approved. And then uh, once that's approved, then that'll be available as well. And it's me narrating it all the way through. Dope. So get to check that out. Um, and then I did like a, the cool thing about doing the audio book, I was able to add like a freestyle at the end, thinking like a thinking credits cool. and stuff. Um, and they got Master Ace did the forward. He's even on there doing the forward. Yeah. So it's it's just real dope, man. Um, and you know this show is dope though. I, I enjoyed doing the show with y'all. This is real dope. Thanks, man. You know? We listen. We wanted to hang out a little longer. Unfortunately, the technical problems are are uh, are amassing. I don't know if it's our fault or what's going on, but we will yeah, definitely have this you. again. We'll have Let's you on again. Yeah, no yeah. question. And man. Uh, and we'll do it up. I was hoping. I was hoping if we had a stable connection that we could get a little cipher going, but you know, I guess that's, I guess that's just going to fall flat. Set it off. Oh, you're Set down. It Set it all off. right. Let's do what are we doing. Four and pass. We're going to do four. four and pass. And pass. <laughs> Let's go. I mean, I'm moderating. So I think you three should, should cipher. All right. No, I am one and done out. <laughs> go ahead, Daniel. Oh, I'm sparking it off? Yeah. Because everybody knows that your bro is never soft. I'm not ice cream, but it's a dream the way I melt teens. Everybody know that Danny O is a dream come true. That's how I do it for you. Yo, words worth ripping. You know you're part of the crew. I'm part of the crew. I guess I'm going to start it with you. When we on the phone, sometimes I argue with you, but that's yeah. okay, though. Everybody got their own ways. That's okay, though. You know, this I came here to play. So it was four bars and pass. So we came here to kick it. I'm glad that you have me on here so I could visit. And despite all the Wi-Fi, we still got to say peace to the people at home and probably say. <laughs> that, couldn't, that could not be a better fucking cut. Holy sh boom. That is like virtual mic drop right there. Fuck all y'all. Oh, wow. Man. He literally froze as he was dissing wow. the Wi Fi. Wow. Thanks, Wordsworth. Wow. Yo, that, that was That's, next level. Uh, that might not have been you, though, Dan, because he's in Florida, right? Yeah. Hey, man, the Daniel curse can, can, can cross the world, bro. But it just Florida. Oh, yes. Florida. Let me just send a shout out. I hope he can still hear me. And I know everybody out there can uh, to Wordsworth for joining us tonight. The new book is called What Words Are Worth, yeah, Volume man. 1. And what it actually is is a breakdown of the lyrics that he wrote for his album entitled New Beginning. So mm -hmm. I encourage everybody out there to not just check out the book, but go ahead and stream or download or purchase New Beginning. It's his album with, I believe, Donnell Stokes is the producer. And um, it's amazing because... This is one of the 
few um, books that have been written by a lyricist about his lyrics. And what I really love about it is the way he breaks down his thought process for coming up with these bars. So, Donnie, you'd love it because I know your MC game has definitely stepped up over the past several weeks. And uh, words is definitely somebody to uh, pay attention to in that respect. So um, much respect to him. Go check out the book. Thank you, Words, for being on the show. Sorry that the Wi-Fi was what it was, man. I mean, as the resident freestyle expert on the show, I don't know that I necessarily need the extra help, but I will definitely check it out anyway and see if I can glean a few nuggets. That's all he says, you know? Yeah, I just want to glean a few nuggets of knowledge. Skimmers. Run a skimmers. That's about it. Some, some do, <laughs> others coach. <laughs> Amen to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> gentlemen, we are plumb out of time. We are right up against Tremendous. the clock. Final thoughts before we say goodnight? Well, look, man, um... I appreciate you guys because uh, I will be. You guys knew before we came to air. I was in. I was in. I was not in a mood, bro. Uh, I was in a mood. I don't know which way to phrase it. I was not in a good mood. You was and, you. Uh, yeah, you know. Listen, listen. I appreciate you guys because you know this podcast is cool. It is supposed to bring a little bit of light to the world. It's supposed to be fun and interesting. It's supposed to be us just chopping it up and doing what we do. I think the three of us a good representation of unity amongst different uh, borders that shouldn't even be there, like ethnicity and where we're born and our backgrounds and all that kind of stuff. But I also appreciate you guys for being such a strong voice alongside me. Uh, this is not a struggle for black people versus the world. This is a struggle for good people versus bad people. Yeah. And when good people show their good side by speaking up, by doing the uncomfortable things that we don't want to have to do, by having those conversations, not just here on the uh, but as Words was talking about, co-workers, friends, people of different races who may see you a little bit differently because they didn't realize, you know, certain things without having gotten to know you. And unfortunately, there are biases. And Donnie, to your point about the guns and everything, maybe people who don't grow up around certain things, certain uh, cultures. I got cousins from the States, too. When they come up here, they cannot believe that they can go to a grocery store and find, like, spices from the Caribbean. Like, they just doesn't exist where they live. So they're so uh, sure. secluded in this one little block of life without a variety of culture that they're stuck in a certain way of thinking. And I hope that if nothing else, maybe our podcast helps to show the world what, you know, three dudes from Southern Ontario um, are like, because we have been exposed to multiple cultures and different things and, and uh, of that nature. And it doesn't require a specific ethnicity on any of our parts to believe right. in justice for all and to stand up and say things like black lives matter. So thank you once again, boys. Ted. So here's the thing. Um, we've talked about it to ad nauseum, like how even I've grown up, I've yeah. been, I've lived in a ton of different places all over North America. And I've found my home for the last while here to be in Canada right now, but I have lived in a lot of these States that we're talking about. Yeah as a child and 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 it baffles me that in this day and age we're still still living with that same kind of old school rhetoric and bullshit that yeah. was going on then but the problem is is the world has a voice now 
And that's not what I'm saying is the problem. The problem to them, all of the racist people out there, is the world has a voice that can connect very quickly. And I've said this, and we said this before uh, uh, not that long ago, is I want to thank the kids of the world. I've got a, I, I've got family that is having birthdays. You know what I mean? Very, and then they're in that, that age, that 14 to 18 kind of age. And this is the new generation that's coming out there. And I want to thank these kids again, because these are the ones that are embracing this, the, all of this technology everything that they have at their fingertips, it's all reliant on them right now. Right. And all of this racism and these people that are still have this old school mentality, they don't know how to handle this, Mm. but it's up to all of us that do have this technology because we have the ability to reach people at our fingertips around the world. Let's use it. Yes, sir. everybody needs to use it and do the right thing and send these messages out. So all of you young people out there, please continue because I'm old as dirt. I'm, I'm going to forget which buttons are which I probably switch buttons once in a while on my keyboard just to fuck with myself. And then I forget that I was fucking with myself because, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. It's up to, it's up to everybody right now. So please, please put in the work, man. We need everybody to put in the work. The shit has to end. It has yeah. to end country to country. First and foremost to our friends in the States, it has to end in November. You know what the fuck is up. It has to happen. Absolutely. We're all done, folks. Uh, on behalf of my bro, Danny O and Chris Tidwell, the Notorious TID, my name is Donnie De Silva. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We will be back a uh, week from Thursday. So we've got a, like a 10-day break, something like that. So you can go back and rewatch this episode. You can watch last week's episode with Michelle Shaughnessy. You can catch all of our archives. They're all available at godfathersofpodcasting.com. You can also go there, pick up some new merchandise. You can go to makegoodfood.ca, enter promo code GOP45, and get yourself fed. And right now we're going out on a Danny O'Banger featuring this week's guest, Wordsworth. It's called Family Stays. And until next time... Be good to each other. They saying, what's going on? Haven't heard from you in so long. Ain't nothing wrong. Planting seeds, the family stays strong. What's going on? Haven't heard from you in so long. Ain't nothing wrong. Planting seeds, the family stays strong. What's going on? Been a minute since we spoke. Remember when we were both broke, laughing, cracking jokes. We related. Later communicated through our folks, close cousins. Things changed. We both became adults. Did everything together when we were small. Vacation, PlayStation, and we played ball. We remained tight even with our family feeling. Even on the same team at the family reunion. You busy and I'm busy with rhymes. My mind's busy, but leave a voicemail anytime my line's busy. Once I'm home from the road to headlining cities in your schedule on the grind, you find time fit me. Disagreements are a part of a family's ways look now really praise how your family's raised from the day of my birth standing on earth planted in dirt i got you family's first what's going on what's going on haven't heard from you in so long ain't nothing wrong letting seeds the family stay strong what's going on haven't heard from you in so long ain't nothing wrong letting seeds the family stay strong through the struggles and strife 
of how we hustle in life. Claim same mind frame, aim for different heights, aim for the stars and the stripes. It's on my shoulder, soldier, Elijah, my rock, Azaria, my boulder. One rock formation, composure, closure. For those that don't get left back like closer, park jazz. Word the grimace on the annual, custom, raising the seeds with no manual. Conundrum, problem, never run from. Our roots are deep, gotta show them where we come from and branch out. To never fit in but to stand out. Let these urban bounce beats that are bang out. Whoever thought we would have kids and they would hang out. This monolith for life without a damn doubt. And to my brother Diggy Jess up above, monolith, monolove. Rest easy. What's going on? Haven't heard from you in so long. Ain't nothing wrong. Letting seeds the family stay strong. Yeah. For you and your cousins were running around driving us crazy But I'll gratefully ride shotgun to watch some of your dreams come true My priorities, you're the top one See when they pop dumb questions like where's monolith A comment with the fact we raising our greatest accomplishments Your fondness is appreciated, I've stated ad nauseum Ain't gonna be no reunion, no crew never demolish none Family stays, it goes deeper than dope bars authors Skids and Y, okay, your fathers to my goddaughters To Black Cat and his wife, I played matchmaker Regularly serve as a reference to make rash paper Peace to landscape, a Corey spot mission grim Blitz equipping Destro, your best know we missing him. You can never diss the men. Let me straight state, we still ripping up clicks. I'm mitts booking these play dates. What's going on? 